Welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Unfortunately, it is just me again today. Scotty bailed on me. Um, it's not going to be as downcast and sad as the last one that was just me, but it's probably going to be around the same length if I'm being completely honest. Um, not that I expect anybody to keep up with our yearly vacations, but I'm not home at the moment. I'm out and about. So, I'm going to try to be quick, but cover as much as possible. So, on Friday of... Let's start with injuries. Um, on Friday of last week, Aaron Judge... Actually, I don't even know if I can call them all injuries. They're just roster moves. On Friday of last week, Aaron Judge was reinstated from the 10-day injured list and Peraza was sent back to AAA because Yankees said, let's continue let's gain our offense and shoot our offense in the foot all at once um let me sort through the trade stuff um I think our next big move was that we had Domingo Herman um it started on on so Domingo Herman was supposed to start Tuesday evening. Um, Monday afternoon, Ron Marinaccio was optioned to AAA and Johnny Brito was recalled. Um, and then it came out 20 minutes after that that Domingo Herman had discomfort in his armpit the day before and was unable to play catch. While Aaron Boone said that Herman will see a doctor about it in an hour, we don't think that it's an IL situation. Um, it wasn't an IL situation because it was a, let me get the exact wording. They put him on the restricted list. Uh, the Yankees announced on Wednesday that Domingo Herman has agreed to voluntarily submit to inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse. Um... So he ended up going in in relief for five innings, five scoreless innings on Tuesday after Johnny Brito. Um, however, to kind of extend on this topic and expand on what happened, um, let me find the quotes. A bunch of, okay. Um, I found this today. Quote, the incident that led to the Yankees placing pitcher Domingo Herman on the restricted list on Wednesday occurred at Yankee Stadium and was not a domestic situation, clubhouse sources say. Because obviously, as I say every single time that we talk about Domingo Herman, that is a past problem that is not a one-time thing. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, on Tuesday evening of the week, of this week, Herman grew belligerent while in the clubhouse at Yankee Stadium, though there is no word of an altercation with a teammate or other individuals. Witnesses determined that Herman was under the influence of alcohol and did not appear in control of his emotions. Several Yankees, including Brian Cashman, manager Aaron Boone, and ace Garrett Cole, appeared visibly shaken when asked about Herman on Wednesday. So... Historically wild career already for Domingo Roman and never mind just career year in general right 10 uh 10 game suspension gives up 10 runs to the Mariners 
throws perfect game goes to inpatient um obviously I hope this offers him the ability to get the help he needs in all areas of his life um and I don't I don't wish this kind of struggle onto anybody but um it is quite the roller coaster of information and and tough to place emotions on it um Josh Donaldson who was on the 60 day IL with a calf injury was taking batting practice and is hoping to return this season however he also said that there was not a discussion with him of if he would go on the 60 day IL the Yankees just put him there um which is interesting not that obviously if someone is hurt you can tell whatever but with something like a calf strain I think there is a certain amount of of player feel of you know if they're feeling all right if they can move whatever just to put someone on the 50 60 day IL sorry without consulting them definitely does send an interesting message um about it um and then our final piece of Yankee injury is probably the most frustrating one of them all and just came out today Thursday at four o'clock in that Anthony Rizzo is going to the IL with a concussion that traces back to the Tatis Jr. collision um in late May um Boone said that Rizzo went through MLB concussion protocol at the time this is all obviously from Brian Hoke um at the time of the injury and past all testing then in recent days he has complained of fogginess um if you're somehow living under a rock and haven't seen the clip resurface since this has been announced uh pretty much Tati's hip checked his head coming back to first um he should have dove back it was a a pickoff attempt successful pickoff attempt um of him at first base and he hip-checked Rizzo's head, and Rizzo was, like, stumbling around after it. Like, not... He fell at one point. Like, he was clearly, visibly not okay. Um, and with this move, they brought Oswaldo Cabrera up from AAA. Their plan is to put Bowers and LeMahieu at first base. Um, it's... So he, Anthony Rizzo then did a press conference today, um, and he noticed he was more tired, but attributed it to the grind of the season. He mentioned waking up feeling hungover and occasionally forgot the number of outs. Testing showed his reaction time was just slower. I just forgot how to do this all of a sudden. Um, as someone who had a concussion, the thought of playing I had a concussion in eighth grade and the thought of playing fellow eighth graders in softball with a concussion was frightening I can't imagine what it must have been like for him to see a hundred mile an hour pitching with a concussion and having just no reaction time and a game that's so based on reactions for getting outs I just before I get into the 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 whole rant that I have I just want to show the number split. So Rizzo pre-Tatis, we were talking about him being right the, the player for the Yankees right now. Like, all-star material was crushing it. 
So before May 28th, he had 53 games. He was slashing 304, 376, 505 with 11 home runs. Post the collision, he had 47 games, and he was swinging a 174, 272, 227 with one home run. Right, and it's not like he was just an average first baseman who was having, who was returning to the norm. Anthony Rizzo is a historically very good, very solid, one of a great first baseman, right? And for him to have that type of skid, it should have been noticed so much sooner. How do you see those numbers? And you know, if you scrolled on Yankee Twitter any time in the last two months, I have seen the clip of Anthony Rizzo getting banged up a hundred times. Of people being like, we should have taken this more seriously. Do we think that this is causing Rizzo's slump? And I just want to know what toddlers they have working in their medical system. Because Scotty and I have been talking about this definitely for the last year, definitely the last two Good chance we've talked about it the last three years. There is something wrong with the Yankees medical department that it took them two months to determine that Anthony Rizzo had a concussion. A concussion does not just affect your ability to play the sport of baseball, right? A calf strain like Josh Donaldson has, right? If I'm living my day-to-day life as a regular person, that's not affecting me. But if I have a concussion in my regular day-to-day life as a normal adult, that is affecting me in every single part of my life. And it's not safe to do a lot of regular things with a concussion, never mind extreme athlete things. It is so frustrating to determine what is going wrong and how you can possibly completely ignore the fact that somebody who has always been so sharp and on the ball and effective not only as a baseball player but as a person has changed. Because now if you think about it, I remember there have been clips of of the Yankee dugout during games that we should have been winning, whatever, that just are meant to show that we're solemn and not paying attention. In a good lot of them, Anthony Rizzo is zoned out which is a huge, huge tell for a concussion. You just can't focus. Um, And it is so, so frustrating. Um, And I just, I feel so sorry for Rizzo because a concussion is a very scary thing because there is no sharp end date and it's your brain. It's a lot to handle and I am... I'm very frustrated in the Yankee. I mean, I'm always frustrated in the Yankee medicals. This is terrible. Um, that it took them two months to notice that one of their best offensive players, not even in a year that he was having an all, uh, he's regularly right one of our best offensive performers, but in a year that he was having an all star performance, suddenly he drops off, and you don't think that it's suspicious that it's right after he got clocked in the head. It's just. Sometimes I think that children can do their job better than them. And I know that that's offensive probably to like the grown adults that work there. But I don't care. You are working with million, right? Not to objectify the players. 
you are working with million dollar pieces of equipment. Act like it. Um, let's talk about the trade deadline and the garbage that we did. I don't even know. We, uh, two middle relievers. I don't even know their names. I don't want to know their names. I, we were so clearly lost at the trade deadline, right? Yankee was, the Yankees were willing to hear offers of Luis Severino, Harrison Bader, um, they were willing to hear on Glaber. Um, you know, it came out Tuesday that Bader was drawing trade interest, uncertain whether the Yankees are serious about dealing him. Um, and then we trade for nothing. We trade for nothing. We, we acquire Spencer Howard from the Rangers and another middle reliever that I don't even... Do I even have... I don't even think I have the other trade that the Yankees made, which is like bad of me as a journalist, but also what am I reporting... Right, the Marlins yet again had their sights on Glaber. I feel like the Marlins and Glaber have been tied together for like the last two years. Um, it's just right. Brian Cashman says we're in it to win it. We stayed the course because of that. He mentioned the returns of Nestor Cortez and Jonathan Loizaga as boasts for the rest of the year. We have a bottom five offense in the year. Um. Addison at Yankee World on Twitter made a really, really great point about the trade deadline, right? The Blue Jays lose Bo Bichette, go and get Paul DeJong to be their shortstop the next day. Angels lose Taylor Ward, go and get Randall Gritchick to be their left fielder the next day. Yankees knew they didn't have an actual left fielder going into 2023, still haven't gotten one in the last eight months. I, it just didn't feel like we had a direction this trade li- deadline. It seemed like we... We needed to pick if we were buyers or if we were going to be sellers. And we decided to just do nothing. Um, Apparently, allegedly, the rumor is that Hal said that Cashman couldn't deal a lot of the guys that were drawing interest. I just want to know for why. Right? Like, what what are we gaining from holding on to these players that are clearly not doing anything? Right? Right? It's just not that they're not doing anything. I don't. I don't want to. I don't know how to draw the line of being too rude, right? All of a sudden, you know, John Boy asks Aaron Boone the questions we actually want to know, and people are yelling at him for being rude. Um, but we need a mission, and it clearly, it is so clear as day that the Yankees do not have a mission and do not have a goal. And you cannot run any sort of organization without those two things. You need a mission statement. You need a goal. And we have neither of those. Neither of those that are realistic and attainable for right now. We cannot keep saying that our goal is the World Series when we have not gotten past the second round of the fucking playoffs. We've got to adjust our goals. We've got to look at our problems and adjust our goals to actually be reachable and feasible and logical to the situation that we're currently in and we just do not seem to be able to do that you know it's just it's so so frustrating you know I think the one right we don't have every now and then you see a spark 
people that are excited and ready to go, right? IKF cheering that he wasn't traded at the deadline. You know, Volpe is really, really starting to kick it on. Stanton seems to have found his swing a little bit. We have whispers of it, right? But we always have whispers of it during Garrett Cole starts, right? We have now won 16 of Garrett Cole's 23 starts. That's fantastic. But we suck when anybody else is on the mound. We have to show up every single day. That should be our mission. That should be our mission. Play good baseball every day. And if you think that's too basic, too simple, too obvious, the Yankees aren't doing that. You need to go back to basics. You need to recognize one one game, one inning, one pitch at a time. How to be the best baseball that you can be. They just... Ugh. They just piss me off. I have a few trade deadline acquisitions that I thought I would highlight. Um... Just because they are AL East, the Blue Jays received Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals for some two right-handed pitchers. No one on their active roster. Um, Jordan Montgomery, just to trace a past Yankee, was traded to the Texas Rangers um, with Chris Stratton, a reliever, and the Cardinals received an infielder and two pitchers. Again, they're not big names, so I don't feel like you need to know it. Like I said, the Angels acquired Randall Gritchick and CJ Crone from the Rockies with the Rockies getting back Jake Madden and Mason Albright. Um, these are in the order of when they happened. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers did acquire Mark Canna from the New York Mets. Um, New York did a lot. Let's just focus on the Mets, right? The Mets kind of... The 2023 Mets are completely, completely deconstructed, right? Uh, Justin Verlander will open. Justin Verlander and the Houston Astros will begin a four-night series, four-game series against the Yankees this week. Um, that one, right, Verlander said that the Astros were his number one choice, um, which means that the Astros just straight up did not offer him the money that he wanted, but that was the team he wanted. This kind of could not have worked out better. For Justin Verlander, which is so annoying because I hate Justin Verlander. Um. Oh, interesting. After getting sh- not shelled but shelled yesterday, Shane McClanahan goes on the injured list and will do additional imaging for apparent forearm injury. Interesting. Um. So, with that, Max Scherzer was also traded. To why do I like not have a screenshot of it? This seems wild of me to not have. Max Scherzer was traded to the Rangers. Oh, I found it because that happened before. Max Scherzer was traded first. Um, Scherzer had to waive his no trade clause, but I have a feeling he was just trying to get there out of there as soon as possible. I also realized that I might have missed a little bit. Oh, the Dodgers acquired Lance Lynn and and Joe Kelly, which is kind of fun. I love Joe Kelly. Um, and Trace Thompson is the most notable name to head back to Chicago. Um, hold on, I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> and I don't have Scotty to fill the silence. Sorry about that. Um, and the Mets spilled out, right? They dropped Kenna, they dropped Verlander, they dropped Scherzer. Um, and you know what? Steve Cohen was very, very honest in a journalism scrum today. He said... 
we had a 12% chance of winning the in the playoffs, right? If I was betting, I'm not betting on that. And, you know, he was very blatantly honest and Scherzer spilled all of the beans that they are not looking to win in 2024. They're looking to win in 25-26. And it makes sense for guys the age of Verlander and guys the age of Scherzer to run at that because they don't know if they'll be around for 24, never mind 25, definitely not 26. You know, logically, Scherzer is not making it to 26. Logically, you know, Justin Verlander is probably not making it to 2026. Um, and it is just, you know, it's it's shocking to see that level of honesty from an owner. But also, I feel like you have to appreciate it. Um, the Blue Jays, like I said, get Paul DeJong because Bo Bichette is put on the IL with a knee injury. Um, the Braves acquired Brad Hand, um, and they are his ninth Major League Baseball team, and he will become the first player in history to play for every NL East team, which I just thought was fun and funky. Um, Chicago, I'm now just reading things in order. The Chicago Cubs also DFA'd Trey Mancini. I didn't know his numbers this year, but I didn't think he was doing that bad. Um, a few other things is that the San Diego Padres acquired right-hander Scott Barlow from the Kansas City Royals. The Marlins acquired Josh Bell from the Guardians, which is kind of big for Yankee fans if we ever like somehow managed to scrunch our way into the gar- into the playoffs. Um, we talked about this when the Guardians received Bell, was that he was that power piece that that scrappy little team was missing. Um, just interesting. Um, the, the Marlins also received Gene Segura and an infield prospect. Um, the Marlins DFA'd Segura as soon as they got him. Like, as soon as they got him. Which is very interesting that he was like... It was clearly a take him and you get him situation. Um, which is, I just thought was interesting. Um, and then the Red Sox also acquired Luis Arias from the Milwaukee Brewers. Luis Arias is a pretty good, pretty good player. Uh, he's a pretty scrappy player. Kind of fills that hole that um, I'm assuming the goal is that he fills the hole that they lost with Kike. Um, Spencer Strider also is now... He struck out Shohei Otani to be the fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts in a season, beating his own record. The man's just a monster. Um, Framer Valdez um, threw a no-hitter against the Guardian on Guardians on Tuesday. He allowed just one walk on 95 pitches. Uh, it is the third no-hitter of the year. And, you know, he's probably going to just throw another one against the Yankees this weekend. So that's super cool. Um, he's really fucking good, man. Like, I, there's nothing else to say it about it. He's really good. Um, the Cubs are scoring a bajillion runs. They scored 20 against the Rays on Wednesday. And I believe they... They're just crushing. Um, I two last things. Oh, here it is. The Cubs scored 36 runs over their last two games, and it is the most over a two-game span since 1900. And the final thing that I have is just really kind of upsetting. Liam Hendricks is undergoing Tommy John surgery and will be out until 2025. Just timing-wise, that literally could not be worse. Um, if you do not know, he came back from fighting cancer um this year he threw about five innings I think and now he has to get Tommy John surgery which is just absolutely heartbreaking um 
And there's just really nothing else you can say about that. Anyway, hopefully Scotty will be back next week. I don't really love doing it by myself. I feel like I have no direction, no no way to rant. Um, but you can follow us on Instagram at pinstripepodcast. Pinstripe.podcast, sorry if you uh, want any more information. And that has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye.